Hello, dear friends. Welcome to this evening talk brought to you by the Spiritist Society of Bournemouth and Poole Christian Spiritualist Church. I am Fabrício Sunson from the Spiritist Society of Bournemouth. We broadcast many Spiritist studies online each week in English or Portuguese. If you'd like to take part or tune in to any of our activities, please go to our Facebook page for further details. For our talk tonight, we are honored to have our guest speakers from the United States, Julio Carvalho, who will be talking about the challenge of self-knowledge. Tonight's event is one of our series of fortnightly talks exploring the psychological series of books by the spirit Joanna de Angelis. These books were psychographic by the famous spiritist medium Divaldo Franco. Through Divaldo's mediumship, the spirit of Joanna has written hundreds of books during the last 40 years, including poems and other spiritual works. Now, a few words about our speaker, Julio Carvalho. Julio is the founder and co-director of the Spiritist Center Divine Light, located in Newark, New Jersey. He is a member of the Three State Spiritist Federation, where he provides training course for Spiritist workers and also representing both the Federation and the United States in national and international congresses. Julio is a licensed clinical social worker with 20 years experience in public speaking in the field of mental health, group administration and emotional well-being. We very much look forward to your talk tonight, Julio. So before we um, go over to Julio, let's go to our dear friend, Lawrence Saville at the Pool Christian Spiritualist Church for our opening prayer. Over to you, Lawrence. Thank you, Fabrizio, and a very warm welcome to you, Julio. We look forward to your evening. So dear friends, if we could just join together just at this time, although we are separated, by miles, by continents, by religions, by race, by tongue. We are all united under that one love, the love of the divine that we hold within us and can express ourselves and use in the art of healing, compassion, upliftment and friendship. We celebrate this night, this coming together this blending of the energies to learn and progress and to move along our own independent spiritual pathways. So we now place this evening, this service, this union, this joyful celebration in thine loving care and keeping. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Lawrence. Now it's my pleasure to hand it over to Julio Carvalho for his talk about the challenge of self-knowledge. Over to you, Julia. Allow me to start by wishing everyone peace in our hearts. Thank you so much for that very warm welcoming from Paul and uh, our introduction from Fabio. Thank you so much. As you can see, my studio is actually my car because um, here in the US, it's actually 2.30 p.m. 
and I'm between patients. Uh, but it's an honor to be invited, and I hope we do our best to meet your expectations. Whenever we are immersed in a challenge, whenever we are facing pain and difficulties of all kinds, usually there is a tendency for us to look on the outside for the source of our disturbance. We are trying to look at individuals who could be the cause of our pain. So when I am miserable, I see if I could find someone to blame for the misery I am feeling. And this is the position of a victim. A victim is someone who is at the center and other people who are outside of that center is inflicting pain on that individual. And in order for me to be a victim, all it requires is just my index finger. You did this to me. I mean pain because my ex-boss, because my ex-wife, my ex-husband, an enemy of mine, my stepmother, my stepdad, someone did something to me. And this is the reason I am miserable. But the problem with that picture is that whenever we choose to be a victim, we also are choosing to be very weak. And why is that? Well, that's because wherever we see the source of the problem is also where we see the source of the solution. For example, if your car breaks down and it happens to be the alternator, what is the cause of your problem? The alternator. What is the solution to your problem? Is to change your alternator. So if I blame my mother-in-law, for being the cause of my pain, I'm expecting my mother-in-law to change in order for my life to improve. If I think that my ex-husband, my ex-wife, my ex-boss, the, the man who fired me or the woman who fired me, if they, before my eyes, are the source of my pain, of my misery, I'm expecting these individuals to change in order for my life to improve. And you know when that's going to happen? Well, probably never. Well, I'm not saying that people don't change. People, indeed, they change. But they change to please their needs, not yours. So if you're waiting for other individuals to change in your, in your order for your life to improve, most likely, you will prolong your misery. It's not a wise thing to do, to expect others to change in order for our lives. Well, uh, we have a slight technical problem there, ladies and gents. I'm sure... Julio is probably going to try and rejoin us in the meantime. I'll hand over to Fabricio. 
who's going to entertain you with a few songs and jokes. Over to you, Grishu. <laughs> right. Let me get my guitar. Just one minute, and oh, I'm no, going to no, play no, some music. No, please, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was going oh. so well. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. Bless him. And in between shifts and out in his car in the car lot. Oh, I can't be all American. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's such a shame. He, and really, I hope he notices he's not online anymore because actually I've just got a horrible feeling he's now just sat there in the car continuing. Oh, I'm just going to let him know oh, just in case. On. Is he back? We are back. Oh, good. Hang on, everybody. This is all the fun of the fair. Julio, sir, we lost you very sadly there. Oh dear. It sounds he's connecting. Yes. Unfortunately, Hello, uh, the tablet I was uh, I was using my phone. Let's see. May I continue? Yes, please do. Yes. Uh, we think the, the video is frozen again, but the audio seems to be coming so through. The tablet I was using, so you... there was an overheat with the tablet. Right. So now I'm going to use my phone. Okay, so I will. Okay, not a problem. Yes. So uh, I, my apologies to the audience. Uh, no, no, no apologies needed, sir. Uh, due to the uh, technical difficulties. Let's continue. So Thank whenever you. we look oh. our pain, most likely what we're doing, we're just prolonging our misery, our pain, our expecting unchangeable people to change and that might never happen so whenever we expect something to change and it doesn't change we create a psychiatric symptom called anxiety now what is anxiety and how well whenever we get too anxious to the point that all we think is what we want to change and we're not, not i think fabricio uh that the connections are just not working tonight. What do you think? Let me yeah. just. He dropped off, didn't he? Yeah, I th I think in all fairness, bless him. Uh, you may have to reschedule. Right. So over to you. 
Shall we give him five minutes to see why he's, if he's settling down or he's coming back? And then I ask patient for everyone that is watching and apologize for the technical issue. Uh, give another five minutes. If not happening, we will then unfortunately need to reschedule. Any music there, Lawrence, on the background? <laughs> I have one more go. If he drops out this time, uh, I'm afraid that's going to be a cooler day. Julio! Can you hear me, Fabrizio? Yes, we can. I don't know what happened again, uh, but the phone disconnected. I think we can hear you occasionally, you know, and hopefully that will keep up. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> okay. Let's continue. Whenever someone is very anxious, they change the sensation of time. So if someone sees themselves as a victim and they are expecting unchangeable people to change, all they're doing, they are prolonging their misery. Not only that, but because of anxiety, their sensation of misery actually feels even longer. So there is nothing to gain from being a victim. And the question is, why is it that most individuals, whenever in pain, they choose to be a victim? Well, the reason being it's because if you are a victim, there is nothing for you to change. Expect pointing fingers at people and telling them to change. So it is an effortless, position to be in. There's nothing to do except pointing fingers at people. Now, what is the alternative to this? If I'm not a victim, who am I then? Well, through the spiritist philosophy perspective, we are not victims, but rather we are responsible individuals. And what does the word responsible stands for? Now, you have the suffix able at the end of the word. So the word responsible is comprised of able and response. So I am able to provide a response to any situation I find myself in. So whenever I'm in pain, if I'm sad, if I'm miserable, instead of looking on the outside, I will look on the inside what is it about me that produces my pain my misery how do i contribute to my own source of sadness that's the question one should ask but in order to ask this question it requires wisdom because it means we finally understood that we are the architects 
of our own destiny. And whenever we have the wisdom to ask ourselves, how do I contribute to my own problems? I immediately become very strong, which is the obviously the opposite of weak. How come as a, as a responsible individual, I become very strong? Well, first let's take a look at the victim's position. Whenever I choose to be a victim, I'm expecting others to change. And because they don't change, there's nothing else for me to do, that makes me a very weak individual. Can you tell people to change? Yes, you can, but are they going to obey you? No, they will not. So as a victim, I become a very weak individual because there's nothing else for me to do except experiencing the pain and expect people that would never change to change. But as a responsible individual, on the other hand, I become very strong because who is the source of the problem? I am. Can I tell myself to change? Yes, I can. So let me repeat that just because of the tech technical difficulties, because this is a very important concept to understand. As a victim, who is the source of my problems? They are my neighbor, my ex-wife, my ex-husband, my ex-boss, an enemy. They are the source of my problem. So before my eyes, who are the solution to my problem? They are. Can I tell these people to change? No, I can't. Even if I do, they're not going to listen to me. Now, as a responsible individual, however, instead of looking on the outside for the source of my problem, I will look in the inside. And I will see that I am the cause of my pain. And the minute I see that I am the cause of my pain, I also become the solution to my pain. And this is why I, as a responsible individual, I'm also a very strong individual because I can tell myself what to do and I can obey myself. Now, this begs the question, if being responsible makes us so strong, why is it that most individuals, they choose to be a victim instead of being a responsible individual? Well, that's because to be a responsible individual, it requires work. To do all the work in order to improve the quality of our lives. As a victim, there is nothing else to do. We are expecting others to do what we are supposed to do. Now, someone might be listening to this podcast, they might ask themselves, you know, but I am a truly a victim because someone harmed me, someone stole from me, you know, someone punched my face and that hurt and, and they are the source of my pain. Well, you know, at the moment they did that to you, yes, they were probably the source of your pain. But whatever you did with the information on the following day, it completely depends on how you see that day. For a lot of people, unfortunately, what they do, they keep repeating the madness, the harm that was done to them over and over in their minds. Uh, this is why we use the word resentfulness. The individual is experiencing resentment and the word resentment have the prefix re which means to do something over again 
and sent to feel. So I am refilling this pain over and over again. You know, sometimes we talk to individuals that harbor in themselves. They carry this grudge of something that happened 10 years ago. You know, the, back in the year 2011, someone harmed them. Someone said something nasty to them. And this individual, after 10 years, keep repeating in their minds, keeping relieving that pain over and over again. And they are expecting that person who harmed them to change. When in reality, that person right now might not be even thinking of them. Meanwhile, the individual who holds the grudge is reliving, re-experiencing the pain over and over again. So when we have the wisdom, when we have the courage, when we have the strength, because this requires lots of strength, instead of seeing ourselves as a victim, we see ourselves as being responsible. I am the cause of my pain. Therefore, I am the source of the solution to my pain. Now, this begs the question, how am I the cause of my pain? How do I contribute to create the misery and sadness in my life? Well, for this, we have to do some soul searching, self-discovery. And that's what the topic of this small talk is all about, the challenges of self-knowledge. When I become aware of the problems that I create for myself, I begin to have knowledge about who I am. But when I begin to have the knowledge of who I am, that requires me to change. And because that requires me to change, I need to work. I need to put some effort in changing myself. And as a result of this effort that is required for me to change myself, there is a tendency that instead of changing myself, I would actually look for excuses to comply with my behavior. I will find excuses in order for me not to change, to actually see what is the cause of my pain as a virtue instead of a problem that causes my pain. So since our time is very short, I'll give you just a tiny example. There are individuals who are consumed by jealousy. Now, what is jealousy? Jealousy is when I believe that I own someone instead of the person being with me. People who are extremely jealous they refer to their partners, they refer to their husbands and wives as if they were another piece of property. For example, they might say, this is my car, that's my motorcycle, that's my boat, and that's my wife. As if the wife is just another piece of equipment that this person possess. Now, a person is not a property, a person is not a thing, a person is a completely new other individual that we love and that we share our lives with. But the person does not belong to me. The person is not mine. So whenever I think this person is mine, is a piece of my property, I develop a sense of insecurity.
And if this person is not near me, I am thinking of all the things that this person could be doing far away from me. And my imagination of what these people can be doing when they are far away from me is directly proportional to the amount of cultural garbage I feed my mind with on a daily basis. And what do I mean by cultural garbage? People do not realize how sensitive our mind is to everything we hear, see, and talk about. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who watch movies and TV series that are full of betrayals, full of individuals who are betraying one another behind someone's back. So when I feed my mind constantly with this information, you know, that people are betrayers, that people cheat on one another, if my wife is not near me, if my wife happens to be late from work, I, because have contaminated, I have poisoned my mind with all this toxic information, I begin to conjure up what she can be doing while she is away from me. I begin to think that she is with someone else. And because we feed our minds with so much toxic information, what happens when we go to sleep? Well, we spiritists, we understand that when we fall asleep, it's just the vehicle that falls asleep. It's the body, it's the machine that no longer needs the driver to operate its vital conditions. So as a result, the individual inside the machine, the spirit disengages from the body and now has experiences in the spiritual plane. And the experiences that this individual will have in the spiritual plane is in accordance with how the individual feeds their, their mind with. So if I feed my mind with much information about cheating and betrayals, there is a chance that I will probably see this stuff in the spiritual plane. And we also have a different concept uh, in spiritism, which are called spiritual obsessors. These are individuals like you and I who are in the spiritual plane. And because they not yet have made their evolution, they're still very much attached to earthly passions and they seek to, to do justice with their own hands. They try to harm us by disturbing our peace. So if I am someone who feeds my mind with this toxic information, when I fall asleep, I disengage from my body and in the spiritual plane, a spiritual obsessor would actually have a scene in which that could be the furthest thing from the truth. However, because I made myself so vulnerable by intoxicating my mind with this uh, garbage of cultural information, I see that uh, in this, this dream, which is an image that is being prepared by my spiritual obsessor with the intention to drive me crazy, with the intention to create so much fighting between I and my wife. So on the following day, when I wake up, I am already disturbed. I 
have been contaminated with this information and I create so much animosity between I and my wife based on unfounded, unfounded information. So if you approach someone and they are experiencing jealousy, if you ask them, do you think you are a jealous individual? This person will say, uh, no, I don't think so. I am not a jealous individual. I am, however, a very protective individual. So here is the challenge. Instead of seeing himself as being a jealous, controlling individual, he sees himself as being protective of his wife. Now, why is that? Well, that's because being protective, it sounds like a virtue. Instead of being jealous, that sounds like you are controlling someone's life. So the challenge of self-knowledge is to be honest with ourselves. And it's very hard to be honest with ourselves. And reason being is because if we're honest with ourselves, there is work to do. If I am not honest with myself, then I could remain my own status quo and there is no work to do. But we all know that life is about evolution, evolution of the physical body, evolution of the spiritual mind. And it doesn't matter how much good we think we are, there's always room for improvement. And as far as the spiritist knowledge goes, we are very far from perfection. So there is so much work to do in ourselves. So one of the objective of being a spiritist is to actually do this constant self analysis in order for us to find out what is it about our personality? What is it about ourselves that needs to improve? So Alan Kardec, the spiritist codifier, the spirit's book codifier. He was very interested in this topic. He wanted to know what caused our pain, what caused our misery. And he actually established a question, number 913, to find out from the highly evolved spirits what were their idea of what is the cause of our pain, of our misery. And this is how he asked the question. He asked, what is the root of all of our pain, of all of our misery, of all of our problems? What is the root of our problems? And it's very interesting that Alan Kardec used the word root because that word root, whenever we hear it, what is the first image that comes to our mind? Maybe a brush, maybe a plant of some sort, a tree, and that gives us the first clue. Whenever we look at a tree, whenever we look at a bush, you know, do you easily see the root? No, you don't, because the root is underneath. The root is underground, it's hidden. All you see is the actual tree. So we have the first clue of how challenged is to find out who we are because the root to all of our problems is hidden from our eyes. So 
if you think of a root being underground and now you have the trunk and the trees one can make an analogy that our problems our tendencies are just like that we have a root to our problems a trunk to our problems and different branches of our problems and jealousy is just one of those branches and there is a part of us that is feeding those branches just the same way a root feeds the entire tree the nutrients that it require for sustenance a tree gives support a tree a root gives support to a tree a root gives resilience to a tree so there is a main problem in our personality that feeds all the other problems that we have so because of our time restraints i would speak just about three branches and then we get to the root of the problem because actually this topic it's a topic for a seminar of multiple hours so when someone is jealous there is something about their root of their problems that feeds that jealousy so someone who experiences jealousy we might ask the question what is the cause of your pain is it your wife is it someone else no it's not it's themselves so what is the cause of my pain it's jealousy what is the solution well i need to change my way of seeing my wife of seeing people who are near me these individuals do not belong to me they are with me and that is a challenge for us to change that kind of perception because we are so attached to things that we believe that it's ours that we have a hard time detaching ourselves from them without stopping loving them so jealousy is one branch of that problem and the challenge of self-knowledge is that the individual with jealousy would have a very hard time in seeing themselves as a jealous person they will probably see themselves as being protective now what's another branch of the same tree of problems that we all have another branch of the same tree which is a very hard for us to uh, actually detect in our personality it's greed and what is greed greed is when we have an unsatisfying need to get more and more and more and the problem with greedy people is that greed can become so uncontrollable that they do not mind who they hurt or step on as long as they get to their objective but the problem with greedy people is that they also believe that everyone around them is just like them and there is a tendency for them to be extremely lonely when you are in that position it's very hard for you to trust those who are around you because you might think that the reason they're there it's not because they're your friends but just because they want to get a piece of what you have i will never forget the story of mc hammer for those of you who don't know mc hammer is uh he was a uh, pop artist back in the 90s and he made millions of dollars 
with the son can touch this. And he became so rich that he used to rent uh, 747 airplanes and travel with his friends around the world, uh, touring uh, and uh, doing shows and concerts uh, with his music. He became so rich that he bought mansions and sinks were made out of gold, but obviously he was very young. And when we are young, we're very naive. We lack experience. You know, someone young can be book smart, but they still lack experience in life just because they did not have enough years to live to gain life knowledge. So as a result, MC Hammer, you know, he spent all his money and he became poor again. So in 2001, the MTV reporter was doing an interview with MC Hammer and ask him, you know, was it really hard for you to lose your money? And he said, losing the money was not so hard because I was poor in the past, so I was used to it. The hard part was that when I lost my money, so I lost my friends. I found out that there were friends of the money I had, not my friends. So when an individual is very greedy, there is a chance uh, they cannot trust anyone near them. Some individuals cannot even trust their own relatives, you know, their partners. And how can one be happy in life if you cannot trust anyone? So is greed a source of unhappiness? Yes, it is. Who is the cause of our greed? I am. Who is the solution to my greed? I am. Now, if I am asked by someone, do you think you are a greedy individual? Here comes the challenge of self-knowledge. I'll probably say, no, I'm not. I'm rather ambition, an ambitious individual. Now, being ambitious is very different than being greedy. Because being ambitious, it means we have a natural need to better ourselves. And, and this natural need, as it says, it's natural. We had it since the beginning of time. Uh, when we were in the condition of homo habilis, when we felt a need to better ourselves. When we became homo erectus, we had a need to better ourselves. When we became homo sapiens, we had a need to better ourselves. If it wasn't for this need to better ourselves, we would never change our surroundings. We would probably still be sleeping in a cave or on trees. But it was this very intricate need, intrinsic need to better ourselves that got us out of the cave or down from the tree in order for us to change our environment and construct civilization. So being ambitious, it's a very natural and healthy thing. There's nothing wrong with us trying to better ourselves economically, intellectually, materially. Uh, the problem becomes is when we live only for those things, as if we are here on this material plane for eternity. No, we're not. We are here temporarily. We are here to acquire a knowledge that is way more worth than material things. While we're here, it's okay for us to change the environment and better ourselves. 
But the main objective of our lives is to develop ourselves intellectually, is to develop ourselves morally, to become intelligent individuals, to become moralized, loving and caring individuals. That is the main objective. So if I'm a greedy individual, I probably do not trust anyone around me. And as a result, I'm a very lonely person. And is it possible to be happy and lonely at the same time? Very difficult to do so. Another source of pain in our lives, another branch of this tree of problems that is so hard for us to accept it, what we are doing self-knowledge or self-analysis is envy. And what is envy? Envy is when I experience unhappiness because someone else I know is happy. Envy is the emotion I experience when someone has what I want. And the problem with being envious is that wherever we go, either we find the individuals who have what we want or they are what we strive to be. And we are constantly thinking about those individuals all, all the time. And we are constantly comparing ourselves with those individuals all the time. And that can be a great source of pain and misery for ourselves. Now, these aspects of our personality, these emotions that we experience, uh, these uh, instincts that we have to experience jealousy, to experience greed, to experience envy. This is not something that you look yourself in the mirror and you say to yourself, yes, I am a greedy person, or yes, I am a jealous individual, or I am an envious individual. It doesn't work that way. In order for us to find out if we have uh, these uh, instincts, these emotions in ourselves, in our ingrained in our behavior, we have to constantly make a self-analysis. An analysis when we are in the moment of experiencing these emotions. For example, let's say you are someone who would like a very fast car you want a sports car. However, you don't have the means to purchase this car. And one day, a friend of yours, uh, he calls you and he says, do you want to go for a ride? And you said yes. And you are expecting him to show up with the same old car that he always had. But then, once he's at your door, you realize he's driving the car that you want so much. 
at that moment, what do you experience? What is the emotion that you have? So when he invites you to sit in that car and he's showing you all the features of the car, you know, this new sports car in the navigation is live. Uh, the car fixed its own flat tire. It serves you cappuccino. It bakes you pizza. The car does all these things, massaging your back. So why your friend is very excited to show all the things that this car has. What is the emotion are you experiencing? Are you happy because your friend has acquired a new car? Or do you go home, you shut all your windows, you shut the door of your room, you get under the sheets, and then you become depressed? Do you get angry? Because if these are the emotions we experience, what is that a sign of? It's a sign of envy. And if I am experiencing envy all the time, then I become a very bitter and unhappy person. Just think for a moment, you know, uh, let's say you always wanted to be married. You wanted to have a family and you went up, uh, you, you, you went to college with a friend of yours. And now you are 35 years old, uh, your friend is married, uh, has two children and, and you are not married and you don't have any children. And nowadays everybody posts their personal life Uh, on their media, which is a terrible thing to do. But when I see that, I'm a single person, no children, no marriage, no home, no mortgage, and my friend, the person I grew up with, has all those things, which emotion do I experience? If I get angry, if I get very upset, if I get bitter, chances are I am experiencing envy. And this is very unhealthy for me because the result of this envious state is that I become so, so bitter that I project this aura around me, this aura of, of repulsion that I don't even allow people, I don't even give people a chance to approach me because I feel so repulsive about my own life. So it does not do any good to me experiencing envy. But if you ask someone, do you think you are envious individual? And they will probably say, I, I think I'm not an envious individual. 
All I want is to have things that everybody has. That's all I want. So here comes again the challenge of self-knowledge. That individual could have the wisdom to say, now, what is it that I am not doing that this other person did? Whenever we see someone who has what we want or who is what we ought to be or, or what we want to be, uh, sometimes all we see is just the finished product. We don't see all the hard work that went on to becoming that person or having those things. We see just the finished product. So if I experience envy, that is a signal coming from within telling me that probably I am not making the same effort. I am probably not working as hard as the other person did. Or probably the other person is just faking happiness. And I have no reason for me to envy the other person because I have aspects and qualities and things in my life that this other person might envy as well it's all very relative so like i said in the beginning this is a very small short uh talk sorry about the redundancy there but uh, it's a topic for a seminar but the main idea is it's a very hard thing for us to find out who we are so the technique that i I suggest to all listeners is that pay close attention to your emotions not necessarily what you're saying to yourself but to your emotions because what you experience as an emotion that emotion doesn't lie to you we might trick ourselves in believing this or that about who we are but our emotions they don't lie so if I become miserable because someone has something that I want, this is a strong sign of my envy. If I do not allow my wife or my husband to have any friends of the opposite sex whatsoever, this could be a strong sign of possessiveness, of jealousy. I think that the person belongs to me instead of being with me i need to be constantly aware of my emotions and another suggestion as well and this was given by the spirit emmanuel to his pupil francisco xavier about listening to our enemies a reason being it's because our enemies when they talk to us their goal sometimes not sometimes but most of the time is to offend us and sometimes what offends us is the truth so our enemies are willing to tell us the truth about ourselves a friend on the other hand might not be so honest or courageous and reason being is because our friend does not want to hurt us for example Let's say someone wakes up every day at 11.30 a.m. And uh, this person comes up to a friend and asks, you know, do you think I am a lazy individual? The friend might say, I don't think so. Are you doing 
just exchanging night for day. If that person has an enemy, that enemy has no interest in protecting themselves from the truth. The enemy will come up to that person and, and will say, you are lazy. You are a bum. You're just a heavy weight on your family. Look at you. Now, if I take the emotion out of the way, the, mo the emotion of the my enemy, which is just to hurt me, but actually listen to the information, and I analyze myself, you know, is what he is saying about me is the truth. Am I a lazy individual? And I, I, I come to conclusion that this is probably the truth. My enemy has done me a great favor. My enemy is actually an instrument of the supreme intelligence to let me know what I need to know about myself. So these are the two techniques that I have time to explain to you uh, this afternoon. First, analyze your emotions when you are in these moments. Uh, you, you rent a home and then a friend of yours who just purchased our home invites you to their place. What do you experience when that friend is showing you their home? Which emotion are you experiencing? Are you happy because your friend is happy or are you sad because your friend is happy? A friend of yours, maybe a coworker, gets promoted and you don't. What do you experience? Is it anger or is it happiness because your friend got promoted? Listen to your emotions. And second, pay close attention to what those who don't like you say about you. Because they could be mirrors placed by God in front of you. Can you hear us there, Julio? Yes, I can. Lovely. Uh, we swapped transmissions there from you. I think you've gone back to your iPad. Uh, you yes. were just at the stage of saying about these were mirrors. You were talking about people, and you were just at that phase of saying about these are mirrors for you to look at. Yes, I... First of all, I apologize for all the technical difficulties. I'm between the uh, two gadgets here, my phone and the tablet. So I actually finished our talk about two minutes ago. And, and right. there is a uh, very large delay between the live picture. And uh, so I went in a tablet again. And all, I finished the lecture by saying uh, the two techniques I leave you with in order for you to truly find out who you are is that pay attention to your emotions uh, because emotions they do not lie to us uh, if we are invited to someone's home a friend of ours who just purchased a home and we still rent uh, what do you experience happy or unhappiness if a friend of ours were promoted at our job and we didn't are we angry or are we happy for our friend 
these emotions are a key ingredient for us to find out what it needs to be improved in ourselves. And the second technique is uh, enemies at times are placed as mirrors in order for us to reflect ourselves on them because they they have no interest in keeping us from the truth. So at times they tell us exactly what we need to hear. So we can remove the emotion of their anger towards us, but actually analyze the information. And that could be a key ingredient in order for us to know about ourselves, to change our, uh, to change our lives. And I conclude by saying that I apologize for technical difficulties, and I do it again, apologize for the technical difficulties. If there will be a second talk, that will be at my house. And I thank everyone very much for the patience for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Julio. Um, we really appreciate all the effort that you put in to do us this talk. And we, we, we know that you are between clients. And even though you have not actually um, found any difficulties, you get in your car and spend some time with us. So that is much appreciated. Um, one thing that um, jogging to my memory when we were talking, um, I'm doing a counseling training over here in the UK and I attend a workshop about self-awareness and my, my teacher presents us, she's title of the workshop, she presents us with a picture of a little cat look at the mirror and the cat was seen himself as a big lion and um, that picture strike me very much what we what we, what we are in terms of our, our self-knowledge we don't understand very well our emotions most of the time we misinterpret our emotions we we are feeling something but you want to pretend that we are better than we are and then we actually not listen to our emotions properly and then um one of the challenges that is self-knowledge, uh, as you just mentioned, is about us actually being brave enough to face our emotions. And sometimes you will see there are some of the emotions that we feel are not very pretty, and we do need to do a lot of work on it to change it to a better emotion and to become a better person. Um, that picture strikes me very much in my mind all the way when you're doing your talking, that the image that sometimes we see ourselves on the mirror is not a true image because they are full of imagination of what we think we are, but far away from what we actually are. Yeah, interesting comment uh, that you made, Fabricio. And I'm glad uh, that this teacher of yours has uh, shown to you this aspect of ourselves through that image because it gives us a, an accurate account of what happens when we look at ourselves. We have a tendency to see ourselves in a light that it's not <laughs> reality. Reality takes much further sense of humility, of humbleness for us to find out who we are. Now, for all, the, all of those who are listening to us, uh, please don't not misinterpret the message by thinking that experience 
jealousy, pride, that these are negative in nature. They are not negative in nature. They are important messages. If you drive in your car, for example, and you look at the gauge and it says almost empty, that's not a negative message. That is a very important message. It's telling you that you should stop and fill it up. So the same things about these emotions. We should not look ourselves and think that we are evil or we are uh, lacking in evolution because we are experiencing these emotions. These are part of our evolution. Unfortunately, like I said, this topic, it's a topic for a seminar because we discuss the biological evolutionary need of each of these emotions, why we needed them. Uh, but now that we are in the age of reasoning, maintaining them, it's very detrimental to our emotional well-being. So do not believe that you are regress regressing if you are experiencing these emotions. You are actually evolving if you're not acting upon these emotions, even though you're still experiencing them, because they will be here with us for a while. So they are not negative. They are important messages about who we are. So um, I have got some announcements to make. Um, there is a congress that is coming up, um, and I would like Lawrence to pull um, the little leaflet up, and there is some music on the background on that leaflet, Lawrence. This invitation is for the British Spiritist Magical Association, which is an institution that I am a trustee of. And the invitation that I would like to make is for the 8th British Congress on Medicine and Spirituality, 2021. Uh, we have the speakers there. I don't know, Lawrence, if you can um, increase the size of the leaflet. So you have Dr. Um, Peter Fennec. We have um, Dr. Can actually see it. <laughs> Let me just see on my phone here. There's Dr. Peter Fennick, MD, Natalie Tobert, Tanya Stivanian, Vanessa Anasaloni, Dr. Alexander, oh dear, <laughs> Mariah Almedio, and Dr. Sonia. Dio. That's best so, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you've done well. So the topic of the Congress is health for the third millennium. And the date is on the 20, does it say 27 there, Lawrence? It's really small. It's on the 22nd, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. online. Cool. Okay, I think we have lost Julio because I was going to ask him if he wants to do any close remarks before you go to the closing prayer. So let's just yeah. give him a minute see if, see if he's back. If not, I will hand it over to you, Lawrence, for the closing prayer. Oh, hold on, he's coming in on the other one now. It's probably not a good idea to try and transmit from inside a metal box. Maybe something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Julio. I'm here. Yay. Can you can you hear us okay, Julie? One hundred percent okay. Okay. I was gonna say, is there any close remarks that you'd like to make before we go to the closing prayer? My closing remarks would be that we are living in very special times, and we should be very careful what we hear, and most importantly, where we get our news from, in order for us not to be manipulated. We are called to be very rational individuals and very loving individuals as well. But if we're not paying attention to the source of information, where we get our news from, we could be manipulated to uh, make arguments against individuals or for individuals who are actually contributing uh, to uh, civil unrest. We, as part of a philosophy, the spiritist philosophy, we should encourage all different kinds of goods. You know, I see how much, quote unquote, evil uh, unite together in order to cause civil unrest. So that calls for more of our attention in order for us to unite from all walks of faith, from all walks of common sense, rationality, and love in common good for us to do our part in spreading good as well. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you, Julio. Thank you very much for your time here with us tonight. I much appreciate it. I know you're very busy and still you found some time to be here with us tonight. So thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you everyone who has been listening to us tonight. And I will hand it over to Lawrence for the closing prayer. Thank you, Fabricio. <clears throat> so once more, as we link together, let us sense and feel this wonderful network of life, of love, of healing, of education that spans this very globe. All corners are joined together in these ventures to expand our knowledge and our understanding of our spiritual path and how that interacts, co-joins and supports this physical existence. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lawrence. So just to let everyone know, our next meeting, our Spiritist Night, is going to be on the 21st, so that is next week. And our next speaker is Kirsten Santos. She is also from the United States. I hope you all have enjoyed our talk tonight. Thank you for being with us, and I see you all next week. Bye for now.